uh, over the last 10 to 15 years, he has been preaching across the country and has been used of God in a tremendous way. And we're so happy to call him one of our own, Brother Jason Avant from East Wind Pentecostal Church. He is home. We want him to come and preach to, to you, whatever he feels in his heart. We give a shout out to his family and to London, his son. We love you guys. So glad to have you with us. Amen. And uh, we're going to help you preach, Brother Jason. The Holy Ghost is in this place tonight. Are you ready to have some church? Would you welcome Brother Jason Avant? God bless you in Jesus' name. I wonder if you, for just a moment, could really act like you're thankful you've been born again of the water and of the Spirit. If the redeemed of the Lord could shout so right now. Somebody lift your voice in the tabernacle and give God praise. Come on, put those hands together, lift those voices high, and magnify the holy name of Jesus. What a mighty God we serve. I thought I knew this place, maybe I don't. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before Him. Heaven and earth adore. That's you and I say, What a mighty God we serve. Yeah. Did I see the Bernards here tonight? The Spencers? I don't know. Everybody in the house. I used to, I used to, Brother Myers did teach me drum lessons and, and he said something about jam and I said, only if you get on the drum set tonight. But I just, you know, you know, you can still, I told you Dylan, he could play. But we'd have some jerk chicken and curry goat and they say, Yaman, Jesus is the God we serve. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? It's not Jesus is the, it's the. Jesus is the God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. Jesus is the God we serve. So I just... I, come on, try What a mighty God we serve. Let's have fun, right? What a mighty God we serve. Say the angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Everybody sing, what a mighty God. Welcome to East Wind Mass Choir. We serve. You know the angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God. Sing Jesus is, Jesus is the God. Come on, sing it loud and clear. Jesus is the God. For the angels, angels bow before him. Heaven and sing angels bow, angels bow before him. Heaven and earth, do it again. The angels bow, angels. All of heaven and earth. Oh, Jesus is the God we serve. Now would you act like you really believe what you just sang in the house of the Lord tonight? Somebody shout yes! Hallelujah! Praise God! 
You don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. He's done for me. Alright, I'm gonna stop us. Um chapter 23. Grab your Bibles. This I'm not here to have a concert. I'm just here to preach a little bit. Brother Myers said, do whatever I want, so it's his fault. So, thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to be here. This might be my last shot. Who knows? Hope not. Psalm chapter 23. I'm going to preach something tonight that's one of my favorite revelations that God gave to me in a season of my life that has helped me down through the years. And uh, by your turn, I want to say thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight and this week. Last year, WINS Conference was a revolutionary conference for my family and I. And um, Pastor Myers called me early out and said that God gave him a vision with some other people and invited us to come home and be a part of it. And what you don't realize is that conference shifted some things in our lives. And I know I had the chance to preach on Thursday night last year, but the man that followed me is the one that had the word, in my opinion, for that conference, for my life, was Brother Morgan, the intersection of time and seasons. And if you have not heard that message, I recommend you go to YouTube on your church page and find it. It'll wreck your world. But I believe that the Lord has even greater things, and Wins Conference very quickly became our favorite conference to be a part of and to attend. And I'm not just saying that. There's something special happening at East Wind. Let me, let me say that because I want somebody to, if you really believe what I just said, if you believe what Brother Morgan preached so prophetically and powerfully today, there's something special happening in this room with this wonderful people of God. It's not happenstance. It's just the intersection of time and season. And I believe that the Lord is about to launch this tabernacle to be a place. Brother Morgan, I want to say I agree with you. God is positioning this congregation to be a regional gathering place. I believe that God's going to use this church to restore people. I believe that God's going to use this place to mend the brokenhearted. And I have, I have living proof of that because back there is my mother and father who were divorced for some 20 years. But today they celebrate their wedding anniversary being married back together in Jesus' name. Six years today that God's done restoring. Uh, Excuse me, but what a mighty God we serve. And so this church is where my family, my, my aunts Elaine and Sue, my grandmother came to God and then finally my mother she got a hold of that Holy Ghost. Here we are. My family's living for God. And uh, Bishop Myers, what a mighty man you are. I love you. I thank you for everything. And, um, I'm preaching tonight from a gift that Bishop gave me in January when I was here from this Bible. Bishop doesn't give his Bibles away, but I got one. It's because Bishop Myers is like a father to me. Um, the man that taught me how to throw softball. And, uh, I went to a youth function one time and he said, here, catch. I, I didn't know how to catch. 
I just, but I could play drums, but I couldn't play ball. So there you go. So here we are. Dr. Myers, what a beautiful woman of the Lord. We honor you in the 50 years here in Palm Bay, Florida. And to Pastor and Sister Myers, a beautiful family, 23 years of leadership. God is good. I love my wife, my boy. Psalm 23. Are you ready for the word? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for what? That's what it's all about. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Somebody help me say this next verse. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Before you're seated, I want you to introduce my title to your neighbor. And I want you to say it with confidence. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, look at somebody uglier than you and tell them. The Lord is my shepherd. Find him. Find him. I can't find nobody uglier, but here I am. The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Sister Johnson, good to see you. I don't want to leave you out. I love you very much. I had the privilege of spending some time with a preacher you might know him. His name's Joel Urshan. I don't know. Just You may not know him. The guy, if he'll give it a few more days, might become an incredible preacher. I don't know. He just does with no notes. I've got 20 pages tonight, so here we are. But I spent some time with him uh, back in June, and um, we started talking about this 23rd Psalm. And Brother Urshan drafted this in my heart. In the verses that we read, Psalm 23, 1 through 3, David's referring to God. But in verses 4 and 5, he's talking to God. But verse 6, he prophesies over his own life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. But what I want to focus on is what Brother Urshan shifted in my mind. He said, it's important to note that the valley improved David's relationship with God. Psalm 23 is... One of the most quoted and referenced scriptures in the Bible. Many of you know it by heart. And it's one of those passages that has the distinct ability to transition us from one phase of life to another. Yet few people fail to appreciate the simplistic beauty of this 23rd Psalm. I love it. I thank God for it. Perhaps Bernard Anderson has best expressed this 23rd Psalm and its value when he wrote these words that no single Psalm has expressed more powerfully man's prayer of confidence out of the depths to the God whose purpose alone gives meaning to the span 
of life. A God who is there from the womb to the tomb. The Lord is my shepherd. David thought about God, the God of Israel. And as he thought about his relationship with God, he made this drafting that we read tonight between the shepherd and the sheep. And God obviously so was like a shepherd. He was the shepherd unto David. And so David now places his stance as that of a sheep. And and in one sense, this was not unusual because there are many references throughout the Holy Word of God that, that connect his deity, God himself, and his followers in ancient Middle Eastern cultures. Because in Eastern thought, and definitely in biblical literature, a king is without doubt a shepherd. I don't want to go any further without making this proclamation. I'm so glad I know who our king really is. In fact, he's not just a king, but he is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. I just wonder for just a moment if somebody can muster the strength inside of everything that's going on in your world. That you can push aside the agenda of the adversary and just prophesy over your life. Everything's going to be alright. The Lord is my shepherd. It's a familiar, familiar happening throughout the Bible that the Lord serves as a shepherd, and rightfully so. I mean, it's as early as the book of Genesis, where Moses called the Lord the shepherd, the stone of Israel. In Psalm 28 and 9, David invited the Lord to shepherd the people of Israel to bear them up forever. And watch this, Isaiah 40 11 tells us that the Lord will feed His flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs. With his arm. And Micah tells us that the Lord is invited to shepherd people with the staff as in days of old. Even moving forward in the New Testament, John tells us that Jesus was clearly speaking, saying that I am the shepherd and I come in the door and the sheep know my voice. He warns them that the voice of a stranger they don't know and they will not listen to. I just want to go on a preacher pause and tell somebody that if the adversary is speaking into your mind, you need to close the door and let the shepherd come on through. Because this great God that we serve will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And the best part is, whenever you need Him, He is just as close as the mention of His name. I wonder if anybody needs the Lord, your shepherd, to be in the midst of your life right now. Somebody shout, Jesus. You may be seated. It's remarkable that David felt the same way of all those people. I mean... Jesus is, is called in 1 Peter 5 and 4, the chief shepherd, one of the more common motifs in the catacomb paintings is Jesus as a shepherd with a lamb carried across his shoulders. He cares for his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He goes on to say, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures and he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I feel that David realized sometimes in the middle of pain and frustration that God has to press the pause button and cause us to stop and to find rest. 
Oftentimes we allow our surroundings to dictate and affect our faith. And ultimately we find ourselves no longer holding on to the reality that God is able to carry us and to sustain us. I know the struggle is real. The stress of unpaid bills and backslidden loved ones and marriages falling through the cracks and circumstances that seem to suffocate you. Yet I want to tell you something. I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I want to tell somebody the good shepherd still cares for your life. The Lord is my shepherd. Regardless of what it may be, there comes a point when God must make us to lie down and rest. And it's at this moment in our lives that we begin to feel the refreshing touch of the shepherd leading his flock to that safe place. It's when we take the control of our lives and we willingly submit them to the hands of a God who's able and he is well able to keep us and to sustain us. And David understood this very clearly. He said, he making me to lie down in green pastures. He wants me to be in a comfortable place where I can trust his decisions. This 23rd Psalm, David makes his countenance that of a sheep. And I have discovered that sheep are some of the dumbest animals on the planet. And such were some of you. Oh, that's a different sermon. I'm sorry. Totally way out. That's totally way off guard. I'm, I, that was a bad dad joke. I know that that's... Sorry, Bishop, you taught me better. I apologize. Especially though, especially those newborn babies. They have been discovered no teeth in the upper jaw, just a dental bed, and they haven't grown yet fully. And it's been said that they will stay in one spot and eat everything around them until nothing but dirt is left right there. They have no sense of direction. For some, it doesn't matter how long they're there. They can't find their way home without help. Maybe that's why we always say, hold on. Help is on the way. Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. The evangelist said this morning so powerfully, I want to echo tonight, help is on the way. See, sheep, some, if they fall over, (laughs) that's where we got this help. I found him tonight. Yeah, yeah. So you know, some of you been on your back like a cockroach trying to kick your way back up and you can't, can't do it. Let me preach right now. The Lord is my shepherd. David just keeps going back and forth, back and forth. Leadeth me the path of righteousness for his name's sake. But it's this, it's this fourth verse that wrecks my world. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He doesn't stop. He continues. For thou art with me. Somebody needs to look at your neighbor and tell him you're not alone. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I've quoted this passage many times. You've quoted it many times. In the valley, the valley of the shadow of death is a wide variety of things. Sick families and moral failures and broken relationships. The valley of the shadow of death is in fact the place where the sheep are most vulnerable. Because it's where they become dependent on the shepherd to guide them to safety. They typically become full of fear, but not David. David says, I refuse. Right here. I will fear no evil. And then he goes on. He says, the Lord... Is with me. His rod 
and his staff. But go to verse number five. He says, thou preparest a table. Everybody shout, a table. This is where we want to get to tonight. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I want to tell you, David has taken on lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, he's, he's fought the whole entire list of predators. Yet David himself has to realize my worst enemy is not creation beyond the man I see every day in the mirror. I got to encourage myself in the Lord. I got to make my mind up. Everything's going to be all right. And here it is. He vows. He says, I refuse to fear evil because God has something special prepared for my life. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want to preach to somebody tonight that you are not alone in your valley and on the other side of your struggle. There's going to be a feast prepared for you and the enemy's not going to stop you from enjoying the blessings and the benefits of your great shepherd. Can we lift our hands and love the Lord for just a moment? I really need the help of God in this tabernacle. Why don't you lift your voice right now? Why don't you pray that God will help you for just a moment? Come on, somebody lift your voice. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Come on. I want to reach for somebody in the Holy Ghost. You're not alone. There's a God that's on your side. There's a God who's got great things planned for you. It's going to be worth it all. Somebody shout yes. Yes. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the commentary that I studied given to me by one of my favorite preachers, J.H. Osborne. He said, I want you to listen and read, and I want you to watch. And, and here's what he wrote. I quote, are you with me tonight? We okay? He said, I used to think this passage had something to do with food. But when you really look at it, it doesn't make sense in a psalm for sheep and shepherds to talk about a table of food like you and I would eat. That is until the day I discovered Dave is not talking about food. He's writing about the possibilities of serpents. He continues by saying, in a mountainous region, a table is described as a flat section of land. And before the shepherd even invites the flock to eat of that land, he will go before them and he will inspect the land. What's he looking for? He's wanting to make sure there's no poisonous vegetation around. He's wanting to make sure there's nothing that's going to be dangerous of all the insects around. But one thing he's looking for, he's looking for potential hiding places for venomous serpents. Because these snakes will hide in these little holes. And when they feel the vibration of these sheep walking around, out of curiosity, they'll slither up to the top of that hole. And they'll poke their heads out and looking around. And if not careful, the shepherd, if he misses one hole, he places his flock in danger of a fatal strike. So why the sheep around the outside waiting and watching the shepherd, you know they're getting hungry. Kind of like right now, you're waiting for me to give the altar call, aren't you? Hallelujah. But here's the fact of the matter, Brother Richie. He's wanting to prepare a table, that flat section of land that's going to provide good food for his sheep. 
And what he does, if he finds one of these holes, he'll take his rod or his staff and he'll beat it down and cover it with some dirt. And then from his pouch, he'll pull a vial of oil and he will drizzle it on top of that snake hole and serving as just in case measure. That just in case that serpent happens to break through the dirt he has covered the top of that hole with, the oil debilitates the fact and takes its ability to strike at the sheep because the shepherd knows that he has a responsibility to take care of his flock. And I just want to tell some of you right now who's been on the sideline waiting for your miracle. Some of you that's been on the sideline wondering if the shepherd's forgotten about you. He has not forgotten about you. He's preparing a table for you. But I've been battling this sickness. He's preparing a table for you. I've been battling this court date. He's preparing a table. Don't get quiet on me now. There's a good shepherd that's got his eye on you. That's preparing. He's preparing a table for you. He wants to keep you safe from the enemy. He wants to keep you safe from the devil. He wants to keep you safe from the stronghold. Who I preach to at Eastwind tonight. The Lord is your shepherd. Just trust his process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shepherd doesn't want to be on his status that he missed one or he neglected his responsibilities. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. Why do you think Jesus sent word unto John in prison? He said, blessed is he that's not offended in me. And what he was saying in Bishop was, blessed is the man that does not get offended in how I, God, conduct my business. So while you're waiting, the only thing you ought to do on the sideline is be like Job and say, I'll bless the Lord at all times. He said, naked came out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. Job said, and read it for yourself. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh on the sideline. He said, blessed be the man. While you're waiting, you can't afford to become offended. While you're waiting, you can't afford to become bitter. And while you're waiting, don't you dare think about backsliding. You just trust in the shepherd. You just... I'm trying to reach for somebody. It's worth the wait. But while you're waiting, throw those hands high and worship him. Bless him. Your head has been anointed with oil and soon your cup is going to run over. I just come by to tell somebody tonight I want to obey God. Lift your hands one more time. Lift your voice one more time. Ah, Hallelujah. I feel a shift in the atmosphere. Come on. He's got a table prepared for you. He's about to open up the gate. And you're going to feast from a table that's been prepared for you. You need to hear this. 
You need to hear this. Watch very carefully. Listen. Thou prepares a table before me ahead of my time. In the presence of mine enemies. Uh, and guess what happens? When that gate's open, Brother Dylan Morgan, the enemies just have to sit there and watch. Ooh, if I could have got my things into that sucker, it would have been over with. You know something I learned about snakes? I hate them. Anybody like snakes? Oh, God, have mercy. You like to what? Say it out loud. I like to kill them. Say it for the people in the back. I like to kill them. Ditto. Oh, ditto. All right, Mike Tyson, let's go. Come on, ditto. Got to take on that devil. Homie, don't play over here, man. He's gone. Ain't that right? Here's what I learned. Long time ago. This is going to help somebody, and I'm almost finished. Serpents, Brother Richie, they do strike. But what these studies discovered years ago, they used a balloon on, with cold water on a stick and a balloon with hot water on a stick. They brought in all these different serpents and cobras and black mambas and rattlesnakes, even just little gardener snakes. Just all kinds of different species of those devils. And as they brought in each individual snake for the study, Pastor Myers, they would bring in the balloon with cold water. They said the snakes never seemed to be bothered. In fact, some would kind of bounce back and hood up for a second, but it's because they just didn't know what it was. But they never went after it because it was cold. But the second they brought in a balloon with hot water, they said the cobras would hood up and rattles would start going nuts and going crazy and some of them they couldn't get any closer than 10 feet, 15 feet, maybe 20 feet. And they just start striking and popping water going everywhere. Balloons just popping everywhere. Here's what zoologists and biologists said. Then I'm going to tell you what Jesus said in a second. Papa, this is, my, this is my grandpa back here, by the way. It's not an old man joke. It's my papa. Careful now. Yes, sir. They said, snakes strike out of self-defense when they feel threatened. And the Lord spoke to me in listening to what they said because it's only at objects that have producing heat that they strike at. It's no wonder the devil doesn't mess with people that don't have a prayer life. That's what Jesus said. It's no wonder those that don't give with their tithe and offerings like they ought to. They're not a threat to the adversary. It's no wonder that those that don't have a relationship with Jesus, because they're not a threat to the devil. But you take an apostolic Holy Ghost fire-filled believer and you walk in the room of any adversary or situation that old wily serpent called the devil is going to strike at you. Why? Because you are Satan's worst nightmare. And so some of you have been fighting hell every single day, week, a month, you've been up for this trial and that tribulation. And you say, why is it that hell keeps striking? You're doing the right thing, baby. Keep praying and keep fasting. And you just keep holding on. Because I promise you, you're a threat to the adversary. You are Satan's work.
looking at some people of God who are the sheep of his pasture. You are the apple of his eye. And you're going to be alright. You're going to make it because the Lord is your. Yeah, yeah, the devil's striking that east wind here and there, and he's he's trying to come against some of God's people. It's because you're doing the right thing. Keep on keeping on. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't start dancing. One writer said, "Life." Isn't about waiting for the storms to pass. It's learning to dance in the rain. Some of you have had some crazy rain in your life. I just want to encourage you. It's time to get a pep in your step. And say it may look like I'm surrounded. But God, I'm surrounded by you. I may be waiting. But I know you're working. Even when I can't see it. The Lord is my shepherd. Even when I can't feel it, the Lord is my shepherd. By the way, whew, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me on the good days. When the doctor's report is what I wanted to hear. When your wife doesn't go to bed mad at you, hallelujah. Huh? All the days. Now y'all are newlyweds, you're not fighting yet, so I, that's not for you guys. That was for somebody in the back row over there, I don't know. That's... Goodness and mercy shall follow me. Goodness. Come on, mercy. You know what's going to happen? For every devil I face, there's double for the trouble. You know, hey, you know, it's so amazing. The whole armor of God is all about this. You don't have to cover you with another set of armor because you already got goodness and mercy got your back. You know why? You know why they're following you? Because you don't have time to turn around and retreat. You just got to keep on moving forward. Though the enemy, the wicked, and my foe come upon me, you and my flesh, they stumble to fail. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. Hey, and along this life way, I can tell my brother, hey, there's a payment. There's a payment that's already been paid. There's a settlement that's already been given. On a hill far away, sit an old rugged cross. Anybody thankful for Calvary? Such people of God that's been born again everywhere you walk. Hey, hey, when you start walking, goodness and mercy shall follow you. I wonder if somebody in the house of the Lord could just take a moment to really give God thanks like you love Him, like you adore Him, and like you appreciate the fact that He is still your shepherd.
I feel the prophetic anointing in the house right now. I rebuke diabetes. I come against cancer. Come on, somebody. I know you, some of you are fighting it right now. And the doctor's report looks gruesome. And I know things may not end the way you think they should end. But as long as he's your shepherd, everything's going to be all right. For God I live. For God I'll die. Whatever you got to do through my life, God, I want to make sure the shepherd always gets the glory. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. rebuke every spirit of fear tried to come against this beautiful flock of sheep you are in the perfect care of a loving shepherd I say it again while you're waiting God is working Who am I preaching to tonight in this house? You've just this week made petitions unto God. Lord, if there's something you can do, do it. I don't know if you prayed that God would heal your body or God would touch your mind or your family. It, it, I just feel there's a, there's a blanket of the Holy Ghost that wants to cover this tabernacle tonight. There's a wide variety of needs in this building. Uh, I feel so burdened in the Holy Ghost. It's not anything crazy or profound. It's not deep. It's not wow. It's just what I've been through. God is faithful. God is faithful. The Lord is my shepherd. I get it, David. I shall not want. I have been through some valleys and I have to tell you, they've improved my relationship with the shepherd. I've been through some dark days. Been through some seasons of trials. But you know what's so beautiful about God? 
It's the fact that His Word never fails. And where the Word of a king is, the shepherd, it's never going to come back void. If God said it, then it shall be so. Am I, am I reaching for anybody tonight? And have I connected with anyone of the Holy Ghost tonight? I know this is changing gears, but I feel like God wants to begin some of that healing restoration that's going to blow throughout this entire week in conference. Pastor Myers, you are God's man for this city. You and your wife are going to do miraculous things, even through ministry. I believe that God has aligned you for such a time as this. Broken preachers and families are going to call upon you. God's going to use you to be a healing balm to them. I don't think it's the first time you've heard that, is it? You probably have, probably have heard before from the Lord that God's wanting to use you on a greater scale. It's because you've got an incredible congregation that has your vision, that has your heart. And I promise you, the finger is on the pulse right here. And there's going to be a declaration that's going to come forth out of East Wind that's going to wreck this entire organization. The organization that's trying to come against your life and the lives of this city and this community and the people around this entire this entire Brevard County. I'm not trying to just be Brother Dylan. I'm just, I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. There is a table right here for hurting people. It's going to be a good meal. It's going to be good nutrition. Bishop Myers, it's going to be a place where they find rest. Be a place where they find healing, where they find hope and find deliverance. I wonder if anybody here tonight, that this is the place that has been a hope and healing and deliverance for you. If you could raise your hand, look around this entire place. We are all examples of what I'm telling you right now. Lord is your shepherd. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's lift our hands one more time. Let's pray. Let's be submitted to God's voice right now. Hallelujah. His spirit lives inside of you. Let it well up. The viper may strike, but its venom can't kill you. The adversary may come against you, but it cannot stop you. God is for you. I'm going to open this altar to everybody in this room right now, whoever wants to come here and throw your hands high towards heaven. I want us to just come and find a place and pray. And I want us to press, just press in right now. Come on. I know this is completely different than what you thought it would probably be. And I, I'm just trying to obey God right now. I'm not trying to be in a rush. I just want us to tarry for a moment. I want us just to be sensitive for a moment. God's working some things out for your good right now. Come on. God's going to do some healing in your life. Come on, I want you to press in. There's some brokenness in the house tonight. God wants to put the pieces back together again. Come on, you're not alone. There's a good reason why the adversary is fighting you. 
It's because you're a threat. It's because you're posing a threat to the adversary. Come on, lift your voice right now. From front to back and side to side, lift your voice right now. Let that comfort of the shepherd reach you right now where you are. The healer's in the house. The way maker's in the house. Come on, the shepherd's going before you right now. Come on, he's going before you right now. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Come on, Eastwood, lift your voice. receive it declare it right now in Jesus name Oh, God. 